Welcome in, welcome in to this week's playoff edition, first round one playoff edition of the Sons of Swanee Sports Cast. Hunter Abercrombie along the way with Mr. TJ Vickers. Vic, another week down, brother. Yes, sir, another week down. Big Bulldog victory, victory Friday huge, night. Huge, uh, huge, huge victory on Saturday afternoon for my Florida Gators. Can't quite say the same for your Seminoles, but that's all right. That's not what makes much. a great weekend at the Vickers household. Not as much. Uh, we're not talking about Sunday with the Jaguars, so so we'll just we'll just keep moving on after that, but. Great weekend for me, partner. Absolutely. This week's episode of the Sons of Swanee Sportscast is brought to you by Hit Pest Control. Mr. Adam Hit caught me at a middle school soccer game uh, this week sometime and said, I don't know what i got to do, but we want to sponsor the Sons of Swanee. So congratulations, Hit Pest Control. You are in there, baby. You are our next lucky sponsor. Come on down. That's right. That's right. TJ, tell the folks where they can find us. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at Sons of Swanee. Listen to us anywhere that you get your podcast information. Uh, just help spread the word out. Let people know what we're about. And just if you have any interviews, any topic suggestions for us, reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter. Or just come up to us and talk to us the good old-fashioned way, face-to-face. Uh, but that that's how you get a hold of us. That's how you get it done. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, and just let us know what you think. So, TJ, I was thinking about something this week. Have you ever noticed, it's one of those things, um, on, the, on the face plate, the Facebook, book face, all that. The book faces, media. yeah. You ever notice on our, our favorite site, the news and gossip, mm-hmm. how the, the correction, like when they post something and it gets 400 comments, and then, let's say hypothetically, hypothetically, that topic is about the school system. Remember, hypothetically, right, right, it's about the school system. You ever notice how, when that story turns out to be bullcrap, the like correction never gets quite as many. The amendment never. The amendment know. never. It's like the correction in the newspaper on page twelve. It never doesn't gets get the, the attention. Clout. Doesn't get the attention. Yeah, it's just uh, weird. Just something that came up out of the blue. Yeah, I, I try to avoid that. Uh, my personal page does not follow that, but my wife's page subscribes. I'm sure, just like you know, uh, <laughs> just like yeah, in the Abercrombie household, the, the wife is the one that relays the info to you, and then you have to say, well, that's not quite how that really works. More times than not. Uh, yeah, it, it's nice to not be a part of that group because it just seems so toxic sometimes. Uh, I mean, do you? If you want to be a part of that, that's fine. I'm sure there are great things about it, but you're right. There, there are some amendments that are made that uh, don't nearly get the attention the uh, story, the initial story gets. Yeah, just weird how that happens. I don't know. Just amazing. Hypothetical, right? Hypothetical. It's kind of like in uh, you know that movie Talladega Nights where he says, with all due respect... And it says, yeah, just because right you say that, that yeah, yeah. just because you say all due respect doesn't mean yeah. you can say whatever I, yeah. whatever you want. It sure as heck does. <laughs> yeah, it kind of matters. <laughs> if I say hypothetically, I can say whatever I want after that. That's hey, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, you're right, man. Huge victory um, Friday night for the Bulldogs. I would say, you know, I would put it up there probably at the top of the best victories in the last five or six years. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it really was. Um, just like we thought, a back and forth affair, uh, a tough game. And one that the Bulldogs, ultimately, I think the most impressive thing to me about the game, and, you know, I listened to it on the radio. We had the, the birthday party for my oldest son. Happy birthday, Ace. Um, so I had 11 eight-year-old boys at the Flip Factory Friday night, which if you ever have a chance to do that, pass on that. But <laughs> So we were doing that, so we listened on the way home, and then I listened when, when I got back to the house. And um, to, to me, the most impressive thing was just the not quitting, the not yep. laying down, the things weren't going our way, had every opportunity to kind of pack it in and say, let's just get ready for next week, but we didn't. And we stayed the course, and you're down by 10 with seven minutes left, 
and you find a way to fight back and create a couple turnovers, and next thing you know, you win the football game. And so a great win because Baker County is a solid team, obviously, um, a team that we have a great chance to see later in the playoffs. And so to go over there in that environment, like we said, I've told you all year that was going to probably be the best environment we play in. I think that held true talking to some people that were there. And you went over there and won. So now that means you can win anywhere. And I think that was Coach Hall's quote to the newspaper was, we came over here and won, we can win anywhere. And I think that's true. Yeah, absolutely. To be resilient. Um, I think also knowing, too, that if you do what you're supposed to do in the playoffs, you very well might get a chance to face this team again. You could just easily say, hey, you know what? This is a home game for them. If we get a chance to face them again in the playoffs, it's going to be at the doghouse. So, you know, we, we tried our best. We, we kept it close. We got, we got some things on film to review and go over whenever we get a chance to face them again, hopefully. But that wasn't the mindset. That wasn't a mentality. Uh, this team just stayed with it. And like you said, just got a couple late turnovers in the game, got some late scores, and uh, just capitalizing on those turnovers really more than anything. Um, you know, our, our guest last week was Jackie Baker, and he kind of, uh, you know, was a, was a fortune teller a little bit on some of the things that we saw. We, uh, we were warned about their kick return game and how teams, as best as they can, just try not to kick it to their return man. And sure enough, we did, and they got a first-half touchdown return off of that. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 Baker County was everything that they were made out to be, and we just went over to their house and we beat them. So I think that is definitely a huge confidence booster for this Bulldog team. I mean, we've said it so many times. These last few weeks have been such a great measuring stick to see where these dogs stand in, in regards to a deep playoff run. And win or lose last Friday night, I think they would have felt great about their chances just play their game, execute, and we can make a deep run to the Final Four and, you know, go on from there. But, I mean, they should have all the confidence in the world now. Of course, it starts on a road at Terry Parker next week, or this upcoming Friday uh, in Jacksonville. But just a great win for, for us over Baker County, and just our confidence should not be any higher than when what it's been all year. Yeah, and I think, you know, you go back and your, your players made plays. Your playmakers made plays. And we've said it the last three weeks about, you know, Malachi getting better and better every week. And I think he had his biggest yardage-wise rushing right, game absolutely. this week. Quez just continues to make plays, and he made them on both sides of the ball um, Friday night. And before we go any further, Saul, I know we talked about it before we came on air today that Jaquez uh, Moore has decommitted from Georgia Southern, and I don't think it's anything to do with Georgia Southern. I think Jaquez committed to Georgia Southern in the spring because you didn't know. Were you going to get to have a season? Right. Were you going to get to play? And, and believe Georgia Southern's a great program, and they Jaquez would be lucky to go there, and I know he feels that way. But now I think some things have started. The season he's had, the mm -hmm. film he's put put out there, they're starting to – the offers are coming in. Right. And the bigger offers. And so we mentioned a couple weeks ago he was offered by Duke. I don't know that he's gotten any offers since then. Yeah, I've kind of been checking his Twitter. I haven't seen him say that he's received any more offers. Right. But I no, no doubt that he's having these conversations with Power 5 schools now. And so I think, you know, that's the route this, this is going to go for him. Um, you know, I – Talking to some coaches and talking to – we talked to Jackie Baker, like you mentioned last week. I think the reputation Jaquez has built this year at is is one that is, you know, that's the guy. Mm -hmm. If you're going to stop Swanee, you better stop that Starts guy. Starts with him, yep. And I think, I think that's what Baker County did. Watching some film from Friday night, uh, we mentioned that Brock Canaday is the defensive coordinator over there, our former defensive coordinator. His plan, it seemed like, and you know, I haven't talked to him about it, but it seemed like his plan was whichever way Jaquez rolled, anything Jaquez did, there was going to be a linebacker coming. So if we rolled to the weak side or the short side of the field, then that linebacker on that side was coming to stop Jaquez. 
if we rolled wide, there might be two linebackers coming. And it was just basically somebody else is going to have to beat us. Yeah. And even doing that, Jaquez created plays uh, through three touchdown passes. I think we had a couple more touchdown passes dropped or potential. You know, they were contested, but had a had potential for even more play, big plays. And, um, you know, that's what you got to have. If we're going to make a run, it's going to go through Jaquez more. And I don't think that's any secret anymore. No, no, at this point in time, the secret's out for sure. Yeah, but just getting into the statistics, um, Jaquez, 166 yards through the air, three touchdown passes and one rushing. Uh, Malachi Graham, 141 yards on the ground. Again, that's his best game. Wesley Jones, five catches, 52 yards and a touchdown. And, man, it was a beautiful touchdown catch he made. I don't know if you've seen it, but just laid out in the end zone, a really good throw from Jaquez, back corner. He yeah. lays out, makes a great catch. Touchdown Bulldogs. Then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, we had the four turnovers, which obviously the two late, the two within the last seven minutes, those were the those big were ones. Key. Um, two interceptions in that last seven minutes for Keywan Ladler, the one that kind of started the comeback and then one to seal the deal, um, I believe, down the stretch. Uh, Jay Smith with an interception as well. And Jaquez Moore, two forced fumbles, and he recovered one of them. And that was a great hustle play because that was a about to put the game away. Baker County's up by at least 10, I think 32-22 at the time, mm-hmm. something like that. And um, they break a run. Jaquez hawks it down, causes the fumble right there around the five, and we fall on it at the one. And, um, man, just a great hustle play if you go and watch it. And then to go the rest of the way of the field, like, okay, yeah, great hustle play. We're still down 10, though. And so then to go to the whole field mm-hmm. and get to get six at the end of it. You know, I mean, if we tell you – the game is a, a 10-point lead for Baker County going into the fourth quarter on the road. We would say, okay, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're homers, but we'll, we'll yeah. call it like we see it. You know, we'll admit it like, all right, that's not looking in our favor because we're – we're uh, Jock West is a great, great passing quarterback. You know, we have some very, very uh, potential playmakers on our side of the field, but – our, our specialty is running the ball, keeping it away from you, and just, just wearing on teams as the game goes on. So being down 10 and saying, like, okay, like if you're going to come back on us, you're going to have to throw the ball to beat us. Uh, that That's not where we would want to live if, if we were Coach Hall or anyone on that Swanee Bulldog coaching staff. But we came out with the win. We you know we made a great play on the defensive side of the ball, and Jock West had to turn right back around and then lead yeah. an offense uh, 99 yards down the field to get six and then say, okay, cool, congratulations, boys. You're still down, though. So yeah. how, how, how do we put another drive together? How do we force another stop? And like Jackie Baker said, that's a four-headed monster for mm-hmm. Baker County as far as the running backs are concerned. And that was true. And, and that yeah, it, it, certainly, yeah. it certainly did. Was, like we said, he was a little bit of a fortune teller. Like everything that he warned us about was, was very spot on. Uh, very, very good analysis from him, but our, our our best was better than their best at the end of the day, especially in the fourth quarter. We just made the plays. Defense uh, stood up, gave our, our offense a chance to, to go win the ball game, and sure enough, they went out and got points, and then still at the end of the day, it was back on our defense to say, okay, well, you know, we've done all that we can to put you on a spot to win. Now we need one more stop. And sure enough, we went out and did that, and uh, that, that was all she wrote. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I was sitting there, and I thought this was ball game. And mm-hmm. um, I think I went, ran deer dogs on Saturday morning, and um, a couple of the guys up there asked me how we did. And I told them, hey, we you know, came back from down 10 and 1 with seven minutes left. And a couple of other guys were like, man, I was listening to the game. I turned it off. I'm glad to hear that. I didn't know we came back and won because <laughs> I thought it was over. And so we certainly weren't the only ones. But, um, again, that's what makes this so impressive is that just the fight and the never out of it mentality and and that's hard that's culture you know what i'm saying that's culture and we'll get into it later with florida state the the opposite you know what i'm saying 
Um, that's not being a front runner, that's sticking together, that's keeping on play, and that's all the things that over the years and over time Coach Hall and his staff have built and built and built and built, and now it comes to fruition on a big Friday night in November, which is what you want. And so now we go into the playoffs, and um, we're going to face Terry Parker this week, and that's a team with athletes. And um, But like you said, we should be going in with our confidence sky high. So looking for a great game tomorrow night, um, 7 o'clock at Terry Parker. And so I think there's a link on the high school's uh, webpage yeah. for you to go and buy tickets. They're only selling 400, I think. Yeah, so go site. on to uh, Facebook, search Swanee High School. It's, it's Swanee High School official site, something to that extent at the end of it. But Swanee High School, really just do that Facebook search and you'll be able to find it. You might have to scroll past a couple more posts since then, but there is a link on there. You click on it. That's how actually the only reason why I'm able to walk through this is because I did it myself the other day. Uh, so then you just type in your credit card information and then uh, whenever you go to the gate at that point in time, you would receive an email, a confirmation email saying that your purchase went through, and then you can just view your, view your ticket off of that email, and I suppose just at the gate, show them your ticket, and then you are able to get in. Yeah, and um, you know, it's going to be a game that, you know, you look at it, and Terry Parker's two and five, and so mm -hmm. you think on the surface, oh, you think we're looking good, and Joe Pinkos, which by the way, well, let me say this, Joe Pinkos has us favored by 26 points. But I was shocked. So Joe Pinkos, for those who don't know, um, you can find him on the Florida High School Football website. Each week he does a game forecast and picks the games, um, you know, and says so-and-so's favored by this many points. And he hits he hits on like 80% of them. I don't That's know. hard to do in high yeah. school. And I don't Gosh. know if he's just going – I don't know if his 80% is just saying he picked the correct winner or if he picked the spread, the spread and everything. Right. I think it's probably just picked the correct winner. But anyway, so at this week, every year, he does a forecast for the playoffs and basically says, okay, and this is a computer model, and we all get that, but it says the state championship game, you know, forecast for right now is like, you know, let's say in 6A, or to make it easy, St. Thomas Aquinas over whoever, mm -hmm. um, Miami Central over whoever. Well, in 5A... His forecast is Miami Northwestern over Swanee. So he Ooh. has us in the state title game. Ooh which, again, computer model, all that stuff, but pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool to have. I mean, hey, you know, it's not a bad thing. No, it can't, it can't <laughs> hurt. It's better than a round one exit That's prediction, right. I guess. That's right. And so, you know, we talked about Terry Parker. They've got athletes. Um, looking at their schedule, you know, you compare apples to apples, or you try to. Baker County beats them 42 to 14. What does that mean? I don't know. Does it mean anything? I don't know. I think it means if you go over there, you're favored by 26. If you go over there, you do what you're supposed to do. I think you're leaving Jacksonville with a W, and you're ready to go to Wakulla or Pine Forest, whoever mm -hmm. wins that game. That game, Wakulla's favored by three, so that's obviously kind of a Much closer flip. game, yeah. Much closer game, and so... Um, you know, like we talked about earlier, I'm kind of torn. I, I don't want to go to Wakulla necessarily because I know how hard it is to win there. Um, and it's been a while since we have won there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I really don't want to drive to Pensacola either. And so that kind of throws you off as the team. When I say we or I, I'm talking about the Bulldogs. Um, driving to Pensacola and having that kind of weird travel schedule that you haven't had throughout the year, that's kind of a, a thing that sometimes can throw you. But there again, I don't think the atmosphere at Pine Forest is going to be the atmosphere like it would be at Wakulla. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, what do you want to do? Flip it, do you want to travel further and have it be less of a raucous atmosphere? Or do you want to go shorter distance to Wakulla, have more of your fans most likely? 
but you're also playing in a place that's really hard to win, and you're swatting sand gnats the whole time. Ooh. You know, so that's kind of pick your poison there. But we got to get through round one first. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's it. Just we can't count our eggs before they hatch kind of situation. Just get through Terry Parker. We'll see what happens with the Wakulla game, and just uh, we'll, we'll, whatever opponent we face, get off the bus, get your shoulder pads on, let, let's go get the W. And I guess we should say, as of now, you know, we're recording on a Thursday in, in our canceled school day. Yes. Because of the hurricane. Not mad at it. Not mad at the I like, storm. I like that this hurricane, how do you say it, Etta? I don't know. Eta, well, it's it's E T A, but E-A. like, but like, it's you know, it, it that summarizes perfectly how this hurricane has worked. It's like estimated time of arrival, no idea. to be determined. <laughs> like, like, so this is a perfect name for this storm, uh, a November <laughs> hurricane. Yeah, Why not? How about that? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So anyway, so we're recording on a Thursday, and I was a little nervous because we're recording today. If the acoustics sound different, we're a little closer to Jeff Lee's like. Uh, home turf, Jeffrey Layer, yeah. Home turf, so I mean, I'm assuming we now might get that, some interference. Well, I'm assuming now that that we're here, like we're a little closer to where he likes to hang out, that he will actually join us this week and not stand us up like you. But that's a whole other yeah, issue. His, his ears might be later. burning right now. Yeah, coming coming from Foxborough, coming in hot. Never know. And so, you know, that's going to be it for the Bulldogs. I mean, big week. Um, I mean, obviously, big week. It's lose and go home now. And so we've had a great year, seven and two. Moved up, I think. I saw we finally, after a long time, entered the rankings at number eight, um, which I think's kind of been overdue, but I get it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so here we go. You know, it's go time. This is the time of year you play for. And so Friday night, seven o'clock, at Terry Parker in Jacksonville. Purchase your tickets online, and we hope to see a lot of folks there. Yeah, we we've talked about it a lot. This is uh, the limits test that they they have you know reached out. Like you said, this is winner go home. These games versus Ponte Vedra versus Wakala versus Baker. That's been nice to kind of see where you stand in the grand scheme of things. But it doesn't mean much if you don't come out versus Terry Parker the way you should and get the job done. You got to execute. Uh, got to stay with the game plan and just focus on and uh, you know it, it's just total coach speak. But focus on being one and zero each week and just moving on to the next opponent, whoever that may be. Yep. And I mentioned um, you know that I said our sponsor this week hit pest control. Mr. Adam Hitt had caught me at a middle school soccer game. So certainly want to recognize them. Our middle school soccer team's both off to a great start. The girls are three and zero, and I believe they've thrown three straight shutouts to start the year. And that's without one of their best players, Alara Handy, who I think will be back with us next week. And the boys two and one so far. Um, victories over Wakulla River Springs and Florida High, I believe. No, I'm sorry, we lost to Wakulla River Springs. <coughs> defeated Florida High and then defeated uh, Lafayette Thursday night or uh, Tuesday night. I'm sorry. And so um, good starts for both of them. Basketball, same thing. We're going to get into an interview later with our head coach, Coach Kevin Lewis of um, Swanee High Girls Basketball Team. But our middle school girls basketball, they are the truth. And I don't want to like, I don't I don't think a lot of them are going to listen. Even though we've got hundreds of thousands of listeners, of Absolutely, course. Absolutely, yeah. Um, man, they are going to be really, really good. And so smart move by Kevin. I see what he's doing. He's been our middle school girls basketball coach, but he sees what's coming. And sees he's going to go ahead and make that jump <laughs> to the high school like and wait for that. And yeah. Heady play there, Kevin. (laughs) Smart move, sir. (laughs) But anyway, we got uh, Coach Eddie Ford over with us at the middle school, coaching the girls, doing a great job. And then Mr. Todd Fryer is our head middle school boys basketball coach. And so, um, man, really looking forward to getting out. They they were away this week, but they're going to be back at home next week, so going to try to get out there and see them. So with all of our winter sports, you know, this is the time of year where if you want sports in Swanee County, you pick a night during the week and you're likely – you got something going on. Between middle school and high school, you're going to have something at home. And so um, soccer starts regular season, I believe, next week at the high school level, yep. girls basketball, and then the boys basketball will be the following week. 
and we hope to get Coach Malcolm Pollock on because really um, excited to hear about what they've got going. But we also, TJ, have yep. a couple commitments and signings this week. Yeah, right? got some softball and baseball news in uh, the Swarney world. We have Carson Fire signing her letter of intent to play softball at the University of Central Florida. So that was awesome. I think that happened a couple days ago. So she yeah. put, put the pen to paper so she will be a golden knight here and, soon enough. And what's impressive about that is Carson committed to UCF as a freshman. And so when you make a commitment that early, you coaching changes, you know, things like that are going to happen. Oh, yeah. She has stuck with that commitment for four years. I think that speaks to her as well. That's pretty loyalty. impressive. Yeah. A lot of yeah, loyalty, so a lot of character to, to stay with. And, again, not saying if you don't do that, that there's no, of course, thousands yeah. of people yeah. do that for a myriad of reasons. It happens. But just to stick with something for that long, I didn't – I thought, you may, okay, yeah, we're going to commit as a freshman, but something else is going to come along. It's just lip along. service at that point. Time, well, I mean, think, it's you know, just verbal those, on both sides. It's, yeah, it sounds great. You know, it's good to say, you know, put in your Twitter bio, you know, but UCF that's, softball That's impressive, commit. and she has never wavered from when you that's talk great. to yeah, her. That's great, for her. It, it's impressive. Yep, and so then to flip over to the baseball side of it, and I don't know about you, Hunter, but I think this is the greatest name in college sports. We have a raging Cajun. Yes, sir. We have Bo Bonds. Our very own Bo Bonds is now going to University of Louisiana to be a raging Cajun. Yes, sir. So congratulations to him, and congratulations to the raging Cajuns. They, they got a good one. Mr. Landon Bo Bonds. Yes, sir. And of course, his dad and I worked together and have been friends for a long time. His dad, Alan Bonds, was my middle school baseball coach, started the middle school baseball program. And his mom is awesome, Miss Robin. I think Absolutely. everybody who's been through the middle school had Miss Bonds as a teacher. Yeah, at some point and it's in time. most everybody's favorite yeah, teacher. Yeah, and, and you've gotten the glare from Coach Bonds. Yes, yeah. the crazy Bonds eyes are a thing. Yeah. They will oh, shake it's, at it's you real. And, yeah, it's yeah. real. But, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have a story from back in the, in the, in the, in the cafeteria. <laughs> we all have stories. Oh, boy, I felt them eyes we from the back of my head. We all have stories from Alan Bonds. Yeah, I was a different individual ever since I got them eyeballs. But, no, man, Bo is uh, such a competitor. I mean, when he gets on the mound, he really gets after it. And he had a he was off to just an amazing start last year. And the thing is, he's at Chipola College right now, Chipola Junior College, which Chipola might That's as well. a powerhouse. They might as well be a D1 school. I mean, yeah. they – it's just years a breeding ago, ground for MLB players. Two years ago, Chipola had more draft picks than any college in the nation. Mm-hmm. D1, whoever, mm-hmm. Chipola had like 11 draft picks. Mm-hmm. And so he's there. He was off to an awesome start last year when COVID shut everything down and um, you know have kind of kept up through Coach Bonds with his recruiting process and kind of what he's been told and who's been on him and things like that. And so he... He was able to take an unofficial visit because you're not allowed to do right. official dead, visits dead, right dead now. They kind of yeah. they just had to go out on their own to um, ULL, which for those who don't know, man, Louisiana Lafayette, where he's going for baseball and softball, it is awesome. The yeah, atmosphere, they pack. I'm going. Oh, I've already bought a shirt. I got a shirt in my closet, my Raging Cajun Let's shirt. Because I told Coach, I've been looking for an excuse to buy a Raging Cajun I shirt. Told like Coach I said, Bonds. that's the best name. Yeah. that's the best mascot well, in, in college sports. In so March, I got, April, I got a easy. I got an easy out now. If fans are allowed, we're going to. All right. We, I want some crawfish. I want some shrimp. Ooh, I want the jambalaya. Talk I want to the, me. I want the whole experience. Oh man, the whole Louisiana experience. <laughs> so yeah, but um, Bo's gonna go out there as a right-handed pitcher. So very excited for him and his entire family and um yeah i'm looking forward to some raging cajun baseball tried to get the mercer bears man i tried to tell them tried to say hey got a got a guy down here yeah you know you know but we are the vanderbilt of georgia so we're very picky on there you go everybody we take athletically and <laughs> academically and all the works so hey is what it is but no very excited for both of them carson's a great player getting back to her softball has been a starter since her freshman year and can just do it she's a catcher i think that's what she'll probably end up doing in college is catching. 
Um, but she also plays shortstop for the Bulldogs, so I don't know if she could do either. I mean, you could put her anywhere on the field, and she's going to be successful. So, great player. Yeah, I'm sure colleges really value that versatility to just say, okay, well, we only have a limited amount of scholarships as it is anyway, so let's get someone that can you know, do a little bit of it all, see what works best for the roster that they already have around them, and just plug and play the best players available. But congratulations to Carson, and congratulations to Bo. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I got a few things to say about the Knowles because we had some news yesterday, but let's start on a sour – it's going to be a sour section here for me while we talk about college football. So I guess Yeah, you're just going to be bitter all around. I huh? guess we can go with your news. So I was very excited. I mentioned I was running dogs on Saturday, and I was running dogs at 3.30 when the Gators and dogs started. And first play from the game – Dogs are running. Zamir <laughs> dogs White are goes running, 75 yeah. yards for the touchdown, and I am pumped, baby. Yeah. I am loving yeah. life. And then I flip back over a few minutes later, turn it back on, and hey, 14 nothing dogs, and I'm feeling really good. Feeling really and good. And then I start talking crap on the radio up there, you know. Woohoo! Go dogs! And I was waiting for a text message from you, honestly. Well, we don't get a lot of service. No, that's the great sure thing about that's a great thing about up there. There's no cell phones. That's, but, that's um, nice. Yeah, it is. But um, but then I turn it back on a few minutes later, and it's 14-14, and it's all downhill from there for the good guys. So talk to me. How did it look? What was it about? Yeah, well, the, that first run was a, a, a touchdown in any sense of football, uh, flag football, and any, any other. It was a touchdown. Yeah, any, any other kind of football. That, that was a 75-yard touchdown run. Um, and then the offense for Florida goes three and out right away. So, I mean, really just, you know, okay, one play for Georgia, three plays for us, and then they get the ball right back. Uh, they convert a, a long third down. I think it was a third and 12, third and 13, something like that for the touchdown. Um, to make them go up 14-0, and it was just like, oh boy, you know, here we go again, kind of thing. You know, we, we you know, the third and Grantham is a thing that that has definitely become very real this year, unfortunately for Florida fans and Georgia fans. Always love to pick at us because Todd Grantham used to be the defensive coordinator for Georgia back in the day, so they they always love to say, oh, third and Grantham. You know, now it's y'all's turn to have that. So here we go again, kind of situation, but. The thing I really love about Kyle Trask and I think the offense around him and really just I think the whole team at the end of the day kind of has that mentality through him. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's just so even keel that it, it didn't matter. You know, he, he came back out there 14-0. You would have thought that they were winning 14-0, which is a 0-0 ball game. Um, got the run game going kind of early in the game to kind of keep the, the passing game just uh, at, at its full extent. Uh, and it was just a fun game, really. I mean, it was just like oh, like, I bet it like, was like you said, you. if you blinked, you missed the play, especially that first quarter. You know, so I mean, to go from fourteen zero very quickly to fourteen fourteen to twenty one fourteen. Uh, just an onslaught of points to finish off that first half was just incredible to watch. The defense finally forced Georgia to be where they did not want to be, like we talked about earlier, like with, with our Swanee Bulldogs. If we're down 10 in the fourth quarter, you're asking us to throw the ball to come back and potentially get this victory. Well, the Georgia Bulldogs are very similar in that regard. They don't want to be down points. They want to be able to have the, the run game, control the clock, and keep especially Florida's offense off the field, but really more than anything, any offense they're facing. So I think at that point in time, once uh, that offense got cooking, I think once it was 14-0, I think uh, Florida went on to go and score seven of their eight next possessions or something like yeah, that. I mean, so like, what did the final end up being? It was 42 to – Yeah, 40, yeah 44 to, to 28. So it was a 44 to what, 44 to 14 run? Yeah, yeah, for quite some time. And, I mean, even the one touchdown that they did get kind of late in the game, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily garbage time touchdown because, I mean, it did bring it kind of close if Georgia could have, you know, kept the ball for a little while and made another drive. But uh, the defense just really stood up. 
Uh, that first half, I, w- I was nervous because, as we talked about last week, the Zach Carter suspension, he was gone for the first half of that Georgia game because of the brawl versus Missouri, but he came in really fresh that second half and was able to make an instant impact right away. I think I saw something where it said like he had more quarterback hurries in that second half versus Georgia, which was the whole game for him versus Georgia, than this entire year and even all of last year. So he, was, he was nice and fresh. So, something, yeah, so something like that. So may, maybe he not not saying to get in a fight at halftime every single game, but maybe tell Coach Mullen, hey, man, just leave me on the bench until the second half and I'll come in fresh and ready to go. But uh, I'm sure it, it meant a lot to Brenton Cox, who is a transfer from Georgia that is now with the Florida Gators. He, he has some big plays. Uh, oh. at, one, at one point in time, he... Yay. Uh, yeah, I feel I, so good for him. Yeah, I'm sure you should. <laughs> at one point in time, he made a tackle, and somehow his helmet got ripped off from a Georgia player. He's just staring at the Georgia sideline, just right through Kirby's smart soul. Uh, and, you know, as a, as a Georgia Bulldog fan, guess what, guys? It's been since 1980 for you anyways. You can afford to wait another year. I'm sure you're used to it by this point in time. I would have uh, just so. yelled at him if I was Kirby Spark. Don't act like you're Justin Fields, buddy. You're not. <laughs> well, yeah, Justin Fields elected to to leave there. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he wouldn't mind having Justin Fields on on his sideline. Side Think about that. They went from having what Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, uh-huh. Justin Fields. All three of those guys were five stars at one point in time. Yeah. JT Daniels, you a transfer, chose the worst yeah. of the five. JT, <laughs> JT Daniels was a five star coming out of high school, and now he's kind of injured or whatever. Uh, 24-7 does like this uh, composite score ranking of graduate transfers. Jamie Newman ended up being a five-star graduate transfer, yeah. and you end up starting to walk on. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Man, man, Kirby, if you could just keep a little bit of that five-star talent well, on, the, your, I mean, people, on your sideline, that would have helped. Quarterbacks aren't going to wait their turn. Like, you know, you think back to the Florida State heyday. I mean, Charlie Ward started as a junior, and Danny Cannell started as a junior, and all these – Nobody started as a freshman until Chris Ricks, and you saw I mean, you know how that went. Good mm-hmm. go on. And he wouldn't leave. He was there for like a decade. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But um, speaking of helmets coming off, that hit that Kyle Pitts took, man, that was neat. Yeah. That but was, it was nasty, nastier for the guy delivering the hit than it was for, yeah, for he, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he, Pitts couldn't get up because uh, Lewis Sign, or Sin, however you say his last name, uh, that was a sin to hit him that way, honestly. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he couldn't get up, and so fresh off of the Missouri game uh, for Florida where something happened that a lot of Florida fans and Florida Gator players did not appreciate and did not like against probably their best player, um, or second best player, I would say, in Kyle Trask, here we are having our best player get popped in the mouth like that on a play, and so Trayvon Grimes goes over there to say a few words to some of the Georgia players, and they don't take kindly to it, and it kind of goes back to what I was just saying about Kyle Trask and that calm demeanor he has. Trash runs over there. If you watch that play over again after it happened, Trash runs over there and just grabs Grimes by the shoulder pads and yanks him out and says, hey, no, nah, man, we're not doing this. Like, we, we don't need this kind of action right now. So so Trash runs over there, grabs him, gets him out of there, and actually is such a nice guy, delicately tries to get uh, the Georgia defender off of Kyle Pitts. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was a big play in the game. Uh, that knocked Pitts out for the rest of the game, unfortunately. But the very next play, whenever it, uh, action returned to play, our backup tight end, Kamora Gamble, caught a nice wheel route touchdown, which was the theme of the, the evening for Georgia Bulldogs, just not knowing how to cover a wheel route, whether it be a running back, whether it be a tight end that was coming in. just It was like they had never played football before. It was like kind of like when uh, the semi-pro movie, whenever they throw the alley-oop for the first time, they don't know how to defend it. <laughs> and so they're just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah, so it was just like running backs, tight ends, just coming off of wheel routes all day, huge gains. I think actually I looked it up, the the running backs for University of Florida had more yards than almost the entire Georgia total offense. 
Yeah. Uh, so that that really speaks to how the game went. Uh, second half with Kyle Pitts not in there and a very handsome lead for Florida. You could say we took our foot off the gas a little bit. I think we were just a little bit more conservative on our play calling because we didn't want to have any turnovers. Unfortunately, one of the touchdowns that Georgia did get was a pick six in the first half. That wasn't Kyle Trask's fault at all. I think if you look at the way Xavier Henderson, our true freshman receiver, ran his route, it wasn't even the guy that was covering Kadarius Coney that ended up getting the interception. It was Xavier Henderson's man came off of him to step in front of it. Um, so I think if Henderson maybe just I don't, and I, of course we, you know we say this all the time we don't know what the play call was we don't know what players were supposed to do but you just go back and watch that and you kind of like okay well I don't think that was what what we had in mind um, and even when the, the, so it was it was tied fourteen fourteen they get that pick six for uh, Georgia to go up twenty one fourteen. At that point in time, as a Gator fan, I'm not even nervous. I was like, okay, well, we've seen our defense kind of lock in. We've seen our offense play well. Okay, all right, we made one bad play there. Guess what? A pick six, the great thing about it is that offense gets to get a chance to go right back out there and get the ball again. And two plays later, we're in the end zone. We have a 50-yard wheel route to Nyquan Wright, one of our running backs, and then a 25-yard just dime of a touchdown pass from Kyle Trask to Kyle Pitts. And it's 21-21 after two plays. Um, so I just think it was a resilient ball game. Uh, a huge win for Coach Mullen. Kirby Smart can no longer use that as a, as a recruitment tool that, you know, you got to come to Georgia because you can't beat us um, or because Florida can't beat us. So I think a, a lot of things will change as far as the recruitment is concerned. Uh, just the whole monkey off his back and, and things are now – the pressure's on Georgia. Kirby Smart, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you can put these rosters around uh, all these great players, but he, he's still for all of that. You know, like we talked about, you know, Mama, got, Mama says – Georgia got all them five-star players, but no title. <laughs> <laughs> a little Bobby Boucher action there. Um, but they got to get so a quarterback. That, yeah, I mean, that's so, what it comes down to. And that, that's been his issue. He, he, we see Justin Fields. Justin Fields has 11 touchdown passes and 11 incompletions on this year. Yeah. And he left that campus. Yeah. So that that's on Kirby. Like, you wanted Jake Fromm, uh, a game well, manager, I mean, <laughs> marginal quarterback at best. You you let J- but he was Justin a freshman. Fields. I mean, Fields is a freshman. So I, I mean, mean, we I don't well, totally blame you. But like, we have seen freshmen come in and change the narrative of our two programs. What did Jameis Winston do when he started yeah, versus yeah, Pittsburgh? Now, yeah. You knew right away. Okay, this is a freshman, but this is that dude. Tebow didn't start as a freshman, but he had a very big role in that 06 championship run. So Justin Fields very easily, and it, it's not it's not the way it is now. Like you're saying, like you know, quarterbacks used to wait till the junior year to start. You see kids come in and play right away, you know, or at least compete. And, you know, if they haven't started by their junior year, they're probably gone. Right. Um, but, you know, that that's I think that's just talent evaluation. And, and you know, he was trying to ride the hot hand because Eason was a starter. And Fromm came in, I think, actually as a freshman. Yeah, Eason got hurt. Well. Eason yeah. got hurt, and Fromm came in, and they went and to the so national they, title. Yeah, and they, they ran with their hot hand, and it just didn't end up He just never out. got much better. No, think, no. And I, I think the ceiling was so limited on him that – that should have been the right on the wall. It's like, okay, well, this guy's done right by us, but that's the nature of college football. Every single year, we're recruiting a guy to come to your mm-hmm. position that could probably be better than you. And sure enough, Fields was, and he just didn't get the playing time. So I don't blame Fields for leaving. As a Gator fan, I'm, I'm quite happy that he decided to leave because that kid was good. I want I wanted him to be the commit that we got whenever we got the Matt Corral kid to commit to us out of high school. That was who we were trying to court the entire time. Yeah. Um, but he ended up deciding to go to Georgia. I would, I, I certainly understand him going to Georgia and picking Georgia over Jim McWayne led Gators. But now I think looking at Justin Fields and his talent, man, that would be a fun offense to run with Dan Mullen as the guy. But it, it's all worked out for us. Uh, 
You know, we're yeah, talking, but it worked out for you with a two-star guy. Yeah, we're talking I about mean, guys. We're talking like about the guys that leave and yeah. recruiting and this and that. You Kyle Trask stayed the entire time. Well, you either really hit and you you do what you're saying because there ain't no loyalty in the QB game apparently. Yeah, apparently. And like you other than hit, Kyle Trask, <laughs> you either hit on one of these top five guys or you just got to get lucky. Like. We can play the whole Matt Ryan was a two-star and this guy was a two-star and Tony Romo came from Eastern Illinois. We can do all this crap, but, I mean, at the end of the day, man, you need high four- and five-star guys at that position to make things go. You look at Florida State since Jameis left. It has been poo butter, Mm -hmm. you know, since then. And, I mean, what do you do? Like, you got to put stuff on the field. you got to put a product on the field to get one of these good commits. And Florida State's got a high four for next year. They got Chubba Purdy waiting. So, I mean, you know, how long is he going to wait? Or how long is this next guy going to wait? And so on and so forth. But um, I don't know, man. Like, you talk about Florida right now, and you talk about your third and Granthams, and I would say you guys are spoiled because we're just happy to get the third down without another team scoring. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah. So, good win for the Gators. So, how would you rank? Like, if you had to rank right now, give me your top five college football teams right now. Or your top – I don't know if you want to do the top four because that's who's going to the playoff. How would you rank them? I would say, uh, really, it's just, I would say Alabama. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and put, I'll, I still think Ohio State is better than Notre Dame, but because of sure. the, the amount of games that have been played so far, we'll go Notre Dame two. Okay. I'll go Ohio State three. Uh, we'll go Clemson four okay. with, with the I one like loss. And then I'll, I'll be fair, I'll be an objective, Texas A&M five. Yeah, you have to, right? Yeah, because, yeah at this point in time, yeah. You know, because so. they, they won the head-to-head. I, I'm really looking forward to because I, I think Florida's a better team than Texas A&M, I, I think you can't yeah. put them ahead of them. Yeah, exactly, because, I mean, we, we didn't beat them. So that, that's just what it is. And then I think Florida is that first team looking on the outside. You know, okay, BYU, I see you coming. Yeah, you know, or, yeah we're, not, we're not talking about you. No, but I think that. that's kind of how the, the ranking ends up working out. And if you look at Texas A&M schedule the rest of the way, Unless Auburn pulls off a victory that final week of the year, they could very easily be a, a one-loss team that doesn't get a chance to play for a conference title. And that might and end up working out pretty. better. Exactly, and that's going to work out really well for them. So I'm really hoping again, the, the yeah. War Eagles or Tigers, however they want to identify that particular week, I hope Auburn can come out and get a W that final weekend of the year, or what should have been the final weekend of the year for SEC. Um because outside of that, I don't see Texas A&M well, losing another game. So, so Bama, they're going to have to play in the SEC championship game against Florida. Probably. More than likely, yes. And so that's going <clears> to <throat> knock – well, if Florida wins, then Florida's in. Yeah, I, th- I think if so. If Alabama win, loses, they're probably still in. So let's just, mm-hmm. let's just for argument's sake. So Bama and Florida are going to play, so that's going to eliminate somebody. Um, Notre Dame's going to probably have to play Clemson again. Again, yeah. We would assume with Trevor Lawrence. Right. And so, you know, you think that Clemson's favored. Obviously, I think the loser of that game is probably out, if I, I had so. to guess. Yeah. Ohio State, even though the Big Ten is awful, I mean, the next two best teams right now are Northwestern and Indiana, Indiana. for God's sake. Um, <laughs> you have to assume that they're going to get in. Right, they're gonna, probably yeah, right they're, they're going to run the table. I don't think they're going to have a close And game. so that leaves number four. So, like you say, Texas A&M, if they don't have to play anybody else or if they are on the outside looking in of the SEC title game, may end up working out better for them. Um, Florida's right there. And then, I mean, is there anybody else or is that the six? You know what I'm saying? There's nobody – Big 12's out. Yeah, they're gone. Uh, yeah, unless uh, unless Oregon maybe can somehow make a run. Uh, I, I don't know that they're gonna. I, I don't. I don't play know. enough games. Yeah, it, this year it's it's so tricky to figure out who deserves a, a chance over other yeah. teams. Uh, so you're you kind of right. have to go to reputation. I mean, but you see, you're seeing what's on the field for the SEC and the ACC. The others, 
you know, have just started or whatever. They're too fresh into the season. But you, you know really Ohio State, State yeah. who they are. You know are. Ohio State's good. And I really do think, like you said, the Big 12, they're, they're totally out of it. But I do think the only other team that maybe could make a run uh, and make some noise, if they could go undefeated, would be Oregon. Or B- I, I mean, I think, but, but BYU. I mean, like, they are, like, it, they would take – I don't know. Nobody wants to see that because what's Alabama going to do to BYU in that exactly, four yeah, slot? Yeah. It's just going to be uh, yeah. pillaging. And we've we've seen upsets in the past of these these non Power Five teams versus like an Alabama yeah. or something, or like an Oklahoma. But, but, they but, don't play but it's been, yeah, but it's been like in the Peach Bowl. It's been for something like really not to play for. It's sure. been a team that has had a mindset all year. We're going to win a championship, and we fell short of it. So now we have this really high regarded bowl game. And they just not they come out flat. They're not ready for it. And a smaller team like UCF, Utah, Boise, uh, Boise State, teams like that, yeah. they get the best of them. Um, and you know, I, I kind of had this argument with some of my friends in the past, and I don't know how you feel about it. I don't. I don't want expanded playoffs. I, I like the way that this is now. If you if you want to be in the Final Four, you got to win your ball games. Guess what? Florida, Georgia. That was a playoff game yeah, that we just watched. Game. Yeah, that yeah. was a playoff game we just watched. So that's your expanded playoffs right there. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, it might not end up working that out because they're going to face each other more than likely in the uh, ACC championship game. That was a playoff game Sure, that we got a chance to watch. Uh, even even going back to the Alabama Georgia game to, to begin this year, you know that was kind of like a, a playoff game as well. So I'm not I'm not a fan of extended playoffs, uh, letting more teams in win your regular season games and get to the point where you can be one of those Final Four teams to make the real playoff because I think it would be a watered-down version of college football if you keep adding more teams into it. Well, so to talk about the antithesis, which the opposite of the playoff teams, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time here because, man, I think we've hashed it. Florida State loses 41-17 to a very mediocre pit team. Um this is your second straight blowout loss to a team that is at best mediocre in the ACC, and so now you're two and five, and then it's announced yesterday. Which thank you for that text message. I was very happy to receive terrible news while doing something I love, hunting deer. I'm here for you, buddy. That yesterday Mike Norvell announces that Tamori and Terry is off the team, whether that's through opt out or discipline or whatever. Marvin Wilson's out for the year with an injury, which, I mean, he's basically been out for the year anyway. The most important, shockingly, is Devontae Love-Taylor, your starting tackle, is out for the year. He's a grad transfer. Hopefully he comes back because he was really good. And James Blackman is transferring, which we all knew that was happening. So notoriety-wise, name recognition-wise, three of your top, you know, four guys, three of your top yeah. four or five guys have yeah. are now not going to help you anymore. You're two and five. You play Clemson not this week but next, and things are not looking so good in Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not looking good there, partner. And so, you know, the question now becomes: forget the season. It's almost like I wish the season would have just been canceled. But it's like, where do you go? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> where do you go from here? I mean, how do you? And so I try to relate it back to things that I don't know. I can well relate to, I guess. And so whenever I went to Mercer. Um, 2000, I was in the 2004 recruiting class at Mercer. And it was the first recruiting class for our, our head coach, who was at the time a new head coach, obviously. He had been there as an assistant, and this was Coach Craig Gibson's first recruiting class that was coming in. And so I think Florida State needs to take a page from what he did at that time, and that was 
go very, very heavy junior college. Well, not necessarily junior college. Transfer portal. I would have, if I'm Florida State, I want a intern sitting at the transfer portal website refreshing it every 30 seconds. I feel like every college like team has no, to have that No, Florida now. State, yes. But maybe, gonna, maybe more no, so for y'all. Here's the plan. We're going to have a guy at the portal, and if and I want him hitting. And as soon as a name comes up, I want him Googling. And if on that Google it says anything about all-conference, four, former four- or five-star, whatever it says, I want him ready to make a phone call to that region. Let's say it's Texas. I want a guy in Texas ready because if it's a lineman – he gets a hundred thousand, and if it's a quarterback, he gets two hundred fifty k. And I want some bags dropped at some doors, and oh, back quickly, quickly, because guess what? See, you get caught. Oh, we're gonna give you the death penalty. Is it gonna be worse than it is now? Heck no. I want something. I want some like straight up cheating, to where it's like, I don't. Jeff Cameron said this the other day. He mentioned something about it. It was funny because I was thinking about it on his show out of Tallahassee. He said, I want it so that next year it's like, where did this turnaround come from? How did they do this so quickly? That's what I want. And we're going to do that with some bags getting dropped at some doorsteps. I want some parents getting some jobs straight up blue chip style. Do y'all have any bags to drop? I feel like you're paying for too many coaches. I don't. We're going to find some bags, son. All right, we have the inventor hey. of Spanx is an alumnus. She hey. better start ponying up some dough. I don't know. Jalen Ramsey out there in L.A. better be sending a little little cash back to the alma mater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, J- Jameis Winston only making what? Like a couple, maybe maybe a mil this year, maybe leave him eating out. Eating dubs. Yeah, he was eating dubs he was the eating other dubs. night, man. <laughs> eating dubs. That's what we do. Just master troll. But in it. all seriousness, so when I was at Mercer, like I said, getting back to the original point, I guess, they signed five junior college guys. And those guys came in. So Mercer, the year before I got there, was like 19 and 30-something. I mean, just and had been bad for a long time. And we came in year one, and the two position players that were junior college guys were the starting second baseman who hit leadoff and the starting first baseman who hit third. Starting pitcher, the first guy out of the pen, and a closer who ended up being an All-American. Those were the five guys that they signed, along with a couple of high-end high school kids, Mm -hmm. high school guys. One ended up starting at shortstop as a freshman. Um, Another ended up being your starting right fielder for three years. So, I mean, they hit on everything um and that might have been because he had great assistance he had link jarrett who's now the head coach at notre dame and our pitching coach was jason jackson who's now the pitching coach at alabama so coach gibson did a great job number one assembling his staff number two letting them go out and recruit guys who are going to come in and help immediately that's what florida state needs that's the whole point of everything i just said in a very convoluted way we need fast help so how do you get that if you got some junior college guys who can step right in um, if you hit that transfer portal, I mean, that's what Miami did. Miami was awful yeah. last year. They didn't yeah. score in their bowl game against friggin' Louisiana Tech. Yeah. I mean, so, but they've turned it around with a quickness with what? A really, really good quarterback on the transfer market and like five other guys who yeah. transferred in. And I Probably think, because they're dropping yeah. backs. Nevin Shapiro got out of prison <laughs> and they're out. good again. He's back out. Coincidence? Yeah. And I mean, even look at Florida too. I mean, uh, it, it might not be as noticeable in namesake wise as far as some of the guys that we've gotten, but I mean, Van, Ze- Van Jefferson, Trey Grimes. Yeah, uh, I mean, your starting wide receiver, Justin Shorter. I yeah, mean, Justin Shorter. I was a five star guy that was at Penn State that allegedly couldn't catch a football. Well, he's caught touchdowns in the last two weeks for us. I mean, uh, our, our running back, we're not even using him, but a five-star guy that we got from Miami, yeah, Lorenzo Lingard. Yeah. We got Demarcus Bowman from Clemson that's coming in next year for us as, as a five-star running back. And yeah, but that and I, I think maybe I'll ask this question to you, Hunter, and you won't be able to answer it really. It's just like, what does Florida State offer these kids that outside of a bag, outside of illegal activity, 
what what would well, I mean, what would you as a junior college kid say? Okay, I can go to any time. nation. You're coming right, to play true. immediately. Yeah, I mean you're you're gonna get to play. Have you seen what we got on the field, bud? Yeah. You're gonna get to play, and if you're any good, probably as much as you want. But what I don't get about Florida, you can't tell me, out of eighty five guys, I watched the guy. I went back and watched it on Sunday. Not all of it because it was depressing. But you can't tell me out of 85 guys that every one of these guys is this mentally weak and this much of a front runner. We were up 14 to three. Yeah. We were looking great. Everything was going great. Uh-huh. And then we throw one interception after we don't catch a punt, which we are great at that. If you want to go and not catch punts, go to Florida State because that is, boy, that is apparently that's our, a recruiting pitch for you. Right oh. So Keyshawn Hilton lets a punt go. It goes to 15. We throw a pick, and it's like immediately, immediately. Just here we go here again. We go yeah, again. Yeah. And I just don't buy the whole bull crap of like, oh, these kids, they've been beaten down. They've had it real hard. They blo-. Who gives a crap? I mean, you're a you're a friggin' football player, man. Not everybody you've lost football games before. You come back and you, you get better. How do you regress? And not now it's under two staffs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Willie Taggart is looking better and better every day, unfortunately. I mean, and I still Again, the crowd, the Willie Taggart was better than Mike Norvell crowd is a friggin' bunch of idiots. But I just don't see how we regress from week to week instead of moving forward. You know what I'm saying? I just I don't understand. We are so mentally weak and such front runners. If it goes bad in any way, shape, or form, man, it goes with a quickness. And it's like we forget how to play football. As long as we're on script and everything's Going good, boy. We're we're great on first drives. After it's, that, it's even just with Willie, y'all are really awful. good first drive. It is just man, no adjustments and no no fight. You just don't see the fight. You don't see the guys who. And we still love to friggin' celebrate and talk crap when we're two and dadgum five, like mm-hmm. we've done something. I will never understand that. Yeah, that's tough. You got to shut that down. Yeah. I would just make guys run until they vomit. I would make them run until their parents vomit. For doing that kind of crap, it's so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand that. When all you can do is, you know, look up at the scoreboard and say, "Oh wait, guys, maybe we're not in a position to be running." Or our miles. record. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, go to Twitter. I don't. Yeah, don't yeah. go to Twitter. There's enough negativity in the world. Yeah. On Twitter. Yeah. I, I, if I was a Florida State fan, I would stay off of Twitter. Yeah. Just, especially yeah. if I was a player, I would definitely stay off of Twitter. Well, we got to stay off everything right now because the election was finally. Never mind. Let's not even get into that crap. <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and all the saints. So let's look at your last four games. You got you got a road game versus NC State. Loss. Uh, home versus Clemson. Loss. Uh, you got another home game versus Virginia. Loss. And then a road game versus Duke. Probably a loss. I mean, that I, I see. I, I'm looking at it right now. NC State is a nine and a half point favorite, and they they're lost a home by team. three to Miami. Yeah, so we got so that, that's housed. a tough matchup. But the last two weeks, like you look no, at, no, 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 it's not a tough matchup. It's not. North Carolina State is garbage. <laughs> We are just way, way hotter garbage. They're not good. Let's not make the mistake of thinking they're yeah, somebody. They're four and three. Yeah, they're, they're four and three. <laughs> but if even worse, like, what is North Carolina thinking right now? If oh, I, I am so going, mad at that North what Carolina. What in the game? natural hell happened to? Oh, I'm so there? mad. I'm so mad at that North Carolina team. Come on now. I, I was hoping for that one win season, and North Carolina just let me down big time. But I mean, we've got athletes. That's oh my god. I don't understand. I don't even watch. I listen to Gene on I the radio, it. and bar none, William Floyd, he's, you know, 
Yeah, I, I'll, I'll put I'll put whatever the main game is on my, my main bigger TV with the volume up. Then I have this little side TV I'll set up next to it. More times than not, that's where my my four entertainment gets. Have we missed on every four and five star? Have we just whiffed on every one of them? I mean, some of these guys are highly regarded, you know, kids coming that's out. What I'm of saying high school, we can't yeah. have missed on everybody, right? Yeah, There's got to be something. I don't know. I think Mike Norvell gets it right. I will continue to say that they are too organized. They, their reputations in the coaching world are too good. They're going to get it right. Let his but the players get is, in there. The yeah. problem is you have to get players, and right now, like you, it's going to be hard to convince them to come. Mm-hmm. Without, I mean, the only thing you have to sell is early playing time That's and it. tradition. I mean, but these guys weren't alive. These guys weren't alive in '93 when Charlie Ward was doing. Well, yeah, they weren't alive in '99 when Chris Winkie was that, winning. That was a problem that uh, Florida ran into with all that. It's like, okay, we can only rely on Tebow and that team for so long. Like these kids, like in high school and stuff like that. Like that was like when they're in elementary school, almost yeah. at a certain point in time. So uh, that whole tradition thing gets played out pretty quickly because it's kind of what have you done for me lately? Uh-huh. I mean, you're recruiting these kids for them to be on campus anywhere between three to five years, mm-hmm. and you're asking these kids to remember how good you were 10 to 12 years ago. It's like, nah, boss, that ain't how this works. Like, I'm going to go to Clemson where they have a slide in their football facility and go play for Dabo, right. and three years later, like, you know, I might be buried on their depth chart, but I'm going to have been taught the ways, and I'm going to be a great NFL player. Yep. Well, listen, man, we've been long-winded today. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, Freddie Freeman will have been named the MVP of the National League. Still waiting on that, yeah. That comes tonight. was yeah. tonight at 6.30 or something okay. like that. The Masters is in round one, but we're not allowed to talk about the Masters because former head coach Jamie Rogers records the Masters. So in the group text, I mean, we're not allowed to talk about it until until the pot of gold Jamie Rogers goes really back good and friends watches. Because, I mean, if I had a friend tell me, like, I'm recording something – I would just oh, you're not allowed to say. He gets all up in his feelings. He, he blocks you he, block your phone number? Because he's at practice, and he can't watch, and it's recording, and he's a big golf guy. So, oh, yeah, man. we'll talk about man, it. We good, have to talk about guy. it later. Good guy. Talk about it later. But, yeah, um, we're going to get into our interview, as we mentioned, with uh, head coach Kevin Lewis. Kevin has coached, as you'll hear, everything under the sun at Swanee Middle School, and now he's made the move over to Swanee High School as the head girls uh, basketball coach. So let's get into that interview with Kevin. Welcome into this week's interview on the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Our guest this week, the new head coach, although not a new coach in the area by any means, the new head coach of the Swanee High School girls basketball team, Mr. Kevin Lewis. Coach, thanks for being with us today. Hey, no problem. Thank you guys for having me, man. So just mentioned right there, you know, this is your first year as the varsity head coach, but you've been in Swanee County now for several years. Um, I think you've coached everything under the sun at the middle school, and so... (laughs) This is your first foray, though, into the into the high school um, program, correct? Um, actually, I did cross country about three years ago. I did for one year, and then I uh, went back to school. So this is gonna be my first time in basketball um, at the high school. Yeah. So what all have you coached so far in your what is it now five or six years in Swanee County? Um, so this is my sixth year, and I've coached girls track and boys track at the middle school, um, girls and boys basketball boys football and then now I'm going to high school uh, basketball and boys cross country. Yeah, so you've you've been around the block a little bit in your <laughs> in your short time with us. And so I guess that's that kind of uh, is a good thing though with you coming in now to the girls varsity program being that you've coached these girls at the middle school does that help with familiarity and kind of the girls knowing what to expect from you and vice versa? Um yeah, you know, I think it's hard for them to the biggest thing for me with them is like trust so you know that's all i've been pushing them just trust with the process trust what we're doing um 
they they know what I do. They see, you know, what we've done. We started from nothing. And, you know, we won championships at the middle school level. Um, so now it's just them trusting, you know, you know what we say to do because they know it. It's just they got they got to find a way to believe it, and that's all it is. Me and the coaching staff, we're just trying to um, get them to believe what we're saying. That's all it is. Coach, we know with football, the playoff scheduling and, and how everything went down seating-wise, it's a little bit different this year due to COVID, COVID and everything like that. I guess, what can it look like for the basketball season for you all upcoming? Um, see, I really don't know too much about the high school scheduling because this is like my first year doing high school sports, like basketball-wise. Um, so I'm not too you know familiar on the district and the regional scheduling. Uh, but from what I know, is is really just max prep. So the goal is just to get a decent schedule um, and just get a high, you know, ranking on that max prep ranks, um, and then you know just go from there. You know, I, don't, I really I'm trying to host the tournament this year. That's my goal, so that you know everything got to run through Swanee, and then um, we're gonna run every team out the gym. That's the plan. So so it's kind of for basketball and everything. It's kind of like it was last year, and that's with the max prep rankings like you mentioned. You play your schedule. Based off your results and your opponents, you get this power ranking, and then the yeah. seeding is determined off of those. That's still how it's going to be this year with basketball? Yes, sir. So it's, you know, the, the highest-ranked team hosts the tournament at, for the district um, level, and then I think the first team gets to buy the other four teams. they got to play in. Um, or the first three or first five. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I know that if we get the highest ranking coming through, we can host the tournament. And that's that's all I've been focused on, you know, right now is just get the highest ranking. So we got some good teams on the schedule. Um, hopefully beating these teams um, will get us a really good ranking. I know we got Columbia, who we played, and uh, we've scrimmaged them this year already. Uh, we beat them by one. Um, so I know they're a pretty good team. We got Madison on the schedule. Uh, we went out and got Trinity Catholic, um, Bradford, um, West Gadsden. So uh, we got a couple decent teams. We went out and got some teams out of Gainesville as well, um, East Side, And then we got that team from um, Tallahassee, McClay. I was trying to get another team on the schedule, um, but it just couldn't fit. But I think we have a nice schedule. Um, it's not too heavy, but it's not too weak. We got some nice teams that that'll come in, and we'll go see them as well. Yeah, what a first year to be brought into coaching for uh, high school, just with uh, the COVID and everything like that. Uh, and, and you kind of just referenced it a little bit in what you just talked about. What were difficulties of trying to set up a full schedule this year? So I, I when I first came in, I kind of inherited a schedule. Then when we got here, you know, about a month before the season started, half the teams backed out because their districts were telling them they cannot play certain districts or they couldn't play out of their district. So I ended up having to build a whole new schedule. Um, but I, I liked it, but it was a headache at the same time. Um, just because I felt like I was like a manager, you know, mm -hmm. um, just trying to convince teams to come and play us or we go see them. Um, but it's been different. And everything has been different with this whole COVID thing, the, the way we practice, um, conditioning had to been different so you know it's it's a learning cycle for us right now and i'm you know i'm blessed that we were we even got the opportunity to play basketball so so coach getting into i guess the meat and potatoes of everything who are some players this year who are either returning new whoever that you're looking for big things out of 
Um, so, I, you know, I always go, I try to watch all Swanee sports. So, I've, I've been watching these girls, and I've coached them in track and field, um, some of them in basketball, and I've been watching them for a while. So, the one kid that I know for a fact, I've been watching them, I'm like, hey, if I have her on my team, this, you know, the ball got to go through her. And that's Montasia Jones. Um, she's a senior this year. She's a volleyball player, really. Um, she's just really talented. You know, we went yesterday, actually, to Trenton. Or no, two days ago, I'm sorry. We went to Trenton. Um, she had 13 points, 15 rebounds, and nine steals. So she was one steal away from a triple-double. Nice. Um, so, I'm, you know, she's getting a little bit more comfortable because I'm giving her reins to, you know, just be a player. Um, so I see her having a great year. I know Janaya, I would say, she's been captive for about two, three years now. Um, very vocal player, um, aggressive. Um, Gorgeous is doing really well this year. She's the one I probably our, our best scorer. Um, and then we got Jada Bernard and Amaya Jones and Shadavia Jones, actually. Um, all three of them are probably our best shooters on the team. Um, you know, Holly is, she's coming around. You know, she, I told her all she got to do is slow it down. She's extremely fast. I think we got probably the fastest team in this area. Um, so I just want to play to their strengths. You know, we're, we're pushing the ball up and down the court. And um, we're going to make some mistakes, but, you know, I told them, hey, you got to just keep pushing that ball because teams can't stay with you. So we just keep doing that. You got to outscore us at the end of the day. So, Well, Coach, who else? So we mentioned some players, and you had mentioned your coaching staff earlier, and I saw online the other day a, uh, a picture of you guys, and it looks like you've got uh, a lot of help, but better than that, a lot of quality help this year. So talk to us a little bit about your coaching staff and who's who's going to be with you. Okay, so um, – when I first um, accepted the job, the first coach I, I got on um, with me was um, Coach Leak. You know, Coach Leak's been coaching me for about four years. No matter what sport I do, um, I always know I, um, I have him out there with me. Um, so he's going to be working with the, the bigs. Um, and his daughter's actually Janaya. Um, so, you know, he, he has a lot of knowledge on, you know, just the bigs, the centers, helping them move on the court, rebounding. Um I got Coach Bracken. Um, he just moved here from Alabama, I think, last year. So he's going to be working with our shooters. Um, and we've already seen growth in, like, Amaya, her shooting, her free throws, our free throws in general. Um, and, you know, it's all it's all because of him. And then we have Coach Bandy. And Coach Bandy just graduated, actually, from Thomas University. So she was a former player here at Swanee High School. Um, so when I found out that she was back in town, you know, um, I sat down with her. We spoke for a little bit. And, you know, I, I told her my goals for the team. And, you know, she asked me about coaching. And, you know, I asked, you know, I, for me, it's bigger than just, you know, getting a, a little stipend. It's, you know, what can you bring to the table? And so far, we've seen it with her, with the guards, um, their decision making during the summer when we were going to little tournaments. You know, we was averaging eight, nine turnovers a game per guard. Um, the last two scrimmages, when we had a scrimmage in a preseason game, our guards each had one turnover. So, you know, their decision-making is getting a lot better. Um, and, you know, that's because of her. And we have Coach Hunter, who's going to be the JV coach. Um, and I think that's a, a big position because that's, that's the team that we get. So we got to find somebody that can mold that group. Um, so when they come to the varsity level, they're ready to play. Um, she takes her time with those girls. They're learning the basic fundamentals right now. Um, we're going through learning plays, how to play defense correctly. 
Um, so I think I do have a great staff. Um, we all have the same goal. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, I can walk away and I know what I think and what I say is exactly what they're going to think and what they're saying. So, yeah, I do think I have an amazing staff. Kevin, anything else you want to bring up? Um, just come out to the games. You know, um, we got a young team. We got three seniors. Um, well, four. I forgot about Jaleen Simmons. You know, um, we call her Debo. Um, that's probably one of the strongest kids I've ever seen as a female. You know, she's she's an ox. Um, so just come out to the games. These girls, you know, they've been working their butts off. So just come out here, support them. Um, you know, our next, our first game is next week Tuesday, but our first home game is next week Thursday. We'll do our senior night a little early, um, just in case you know anything happens. Um, they'll at least have a senior night. Um, but just come on out. You know, we're gonna put on a show for y'all. Awesome, Kevin. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, best of luck to your girls. And we're looking forward to coming out to the gym and watching y'all play. All right, thank you so much, guys. Thanks, thank coach. you. Thank you, Kevin Lewis, for joining us and highlighting this season, talking about the girls that he expects to have a, a big year. Uh, looks like a, a run-and-gun style this year for the Bulldogs uh, on, on the court. So we're looking forward to going out and watching the Lady Dogs play some ball. Yeah, got some good players. Uh, Montasia Jones, who we talked about a lot during volleyball season. She's a senior now. and yep. So, as he mentions, looks like the offense is going to run through her. She'll probably be down low at your forward or center position. And then a lot of good athletes. Um, he mentioned Shadavia Jones. Shadavia is only a freshman, and I think she's going to get some run on varsity a lot. Janiah Alisea, who's been a three-year starter, I believe, if not a four-year now for the Bulldogs, a really, really good player, hustles, just does all the little things to help you win basketball games. And um, as we mentioned, man, he's got a great group coming next year. And so the future is very bright for Swanee girls basketball. And, you know, that's a sport that we've kind of been hit or miss in. Either we're, we're really good or – you know, it's really bad. And so I think we're about to see some consistency with Kevin at the helm and um, looking forward to a good year for the Lady Dogs for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've gone through a lot of sports topics today, a lot of Swanee topics, uh, you know, went through college. But I would be uh, a bad co-host if I let this go before we got a chance to leave. Congratulations to our very own Hunter Abercrombie for being named the assistant principal of the <laughs> district. Yeah, man. Oh, I man, I, I wish we had a little fanfare, maybe like a little streamer or pop or something <laughs> like that could go off here. But, you know, we're, we're working with a limited budget here for That's Sons right. of Swanee Sportscast. That's but right. Congratulations. Hunter uh, and your your principal Laura Williams won the uh, principal yeah. of the year so a clean sweep for Swanee I, Middle School I, as I far as the district I told the district folks Laura definitely deserves it and um, you know this is before they told me that, that I had won it and I certainly don't feel deserving because you just go every day and you do the best you can but I think Laura would tell you the same thing and not to sound too political or anything like that but Man, it's just you work with good people. You know what I'm saying? And the teachers that we have at Swanee Middle School are second to none. They work hard. They care about kids. And that's our whole mission, man, is just is just we care about the whole kid. Um, if you make grades, that's great. If you make test scores, that's all well and good. But we just want you to be a productive member of society and um, leave Swanee Middle School ready to go to Swanee High School and be successful. And so that's all well. It's great. It's appreciated. Um, again, feel like you don't deserve it, but it's because of the staff we have over there and because of the leadership we have. And Laura does a great job, and I think everybody over there is second to none. And so I appreciate that, and I appreciate the district 
but again, man, that's just the people you work with. Yeah, and uh, they, they actually called me over to go to the district office, and then we rode over together, and they said we're going to the middle school where Laura and Hunter have both won assistant principal and principal of the year. And so I was right away, all right, cool podcast topic. You know, we, we got something <laughs> to go. And so we all, we all go into uh, uh, Laura's office. Uh, it's uh, myself, Dr. Bill Brothers, Malcolm Hines, uh, Ted Roush, and uh, uh, Mr. Boatwright as well, Mr. Walter Boatwright. And it's all of us. So we congratulate Laura, and then we ask her to radio you to come in. And so you're like, okay, I'm coming. So... Uh, for all of you who listen, I'm sure you know that that our very own Hunter Abercrombie, he's a charmer. He, oh, he wins yeah. he wins a room over really oh, well. Yeah. He, he's never been uncomfortable in any kind of room, <laughs> even when it's surrounded by Gator fans. He's never been uncomfortable, and I have never seen you try to moonwalk out of a room so fast. Whenever you poked your head around that corner <laughs> and saw all those people out there, man, you you when had you your best Michael the, Jackson impression you going. You're the, like, oh no, 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 I gotta go. When you see the heavy hitters, it's either gonna be really good or really bad. Well, so we have flowers in our hands. You don't so know I'm... which way it's gonna go. <laughs> so yeah, try to just ease out of there. Uh, but, uh, but all seriousness, congratulations to Hunter and congratulations to Miss Laura Williams and all the rest of our school-related employees of the year and uh, teachers of the year. Actually, our very own Jeff Lee was school-related employee of the year no, for, the for River Oak. Yeah, yeah, no. so old Hefe. The MVP Jeff Coming out with school-related employee of the year. Where's he at? He was supposed to join I us. No, yeah, yeah. We were supposed to interview him about that, but Man. I guess he didn't show up. Wow. Hey, Jeff, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, Man, we'll catch sure. you next week. All right, guys, we'll uh, we'll recap the Terry Parker game and anything else going on, but until then, go dogs. Go dogs.